Welcome to Lamestream here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can get to me on Twitter at Braden Gall. My name is Steve Cavendish, and you can get to me on Twitter. Why are we saying get to me? Why do we do? Do you want people to get you? Yell at me? Insult Scream me? At you? Yeah, I'm okay yeah. with. I, I I'm good in the sewers, dude. I'm good there. I'm fine. Uh, you can uh, you can get to me at uh, Braden Gall on Twitter, uh, or uh, interact <laughs> with me at S Cavendish uh, on the Twitters. If you'd like to have a respectful adult conversation with me at Braden Gall on Twitter. Uh, if you like this show, you can rate it, you can review it, you can subscribe to it, you can smash that subscribe button, and you can tell someone that you listen to Lamestream Sports, and they should too. You know, Steve, we've had some heavy pods lately, uh, of course, obviously with the tragic news last week, and then lots of Titan Stadium stuff going on, still stuff unfolding uh, as we, uh, you know, every day, literally, as as that's going on. So we thought we'd lighten the mood today on the show, um, as, as Jaspers wants to do, and the Grizzlies are pretty good at basketball again, dude. They're the two seed in the Western Conference, and they are growing in popularity in the city of Nashville. And one of the guys, of course, responsible for some of that is, of course, Keith Parrish, host of the Grits and Grind podcast, host of the Fast Break Breakfast podcast, which you have to slow down to say, um, which is a little ironic, but you have, you to, have slow, to slow down. To you say. have to slow down to say it. Two great shows. Uh, Breakfast is about the NBA, like all things NBA across the board. And then, of course, Grits and Grind is a uh, very regular Memphis Grizzlies specific podcast. He's one of the best in the business that's doing it. This is a huge NBA fan uh, who loves the sport and just loves the game. And um, they are a very, very interesting team coming up this postseason again and gaining notoriety nationally as we speak. What what I lo- what I love about Keith is not only is a he's a really good podcaster you would you would uh, you would like both of his podcasts but b uh, he doesn't mind when people like me who want who are just now dropping into the NBA come at him with all sorts of stupid questions and he's <laughs> he's and he's like he's like oh yeah well you know you would like this person or this thing or here's what here's what this means uh, he 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 answers all of our well, I should say all of my stupid questions, uh, and uh, it's very fun. You're going to enjoy this interview. And listen, I have I'm fine admitting that when they drafted John Morant, that I became a Grizzlies fan. I am a longstanding, long-suffering New York Knicks fan, and I quit my my Knicks fandom a long time ago. And it's been wonderful to be a part of the Grizzlies. My uh, my, fandom. Li- my my lingering Celtics fandom still hangs on, yeah. uh, particularly this time of year. But get out of here. Uh, but but the but the Grizzlies are a lot of fun to watch this year. I've caught a couple of games. And your questions won't sound nearly as stupid because I'm going to edit all the uhs and ums out of them. So it's going to be fine. They're going to sound great, Steve. I promise. Awesome. <laughs> I promise. Awesome. Um, all right. So uh, go to Jasper's, of course, because Lamestream Sport is brought to you by Jasper's. There's some new menu items. Uh, make sure you check out the, the Thai barbecue salmon. Delicious. They've got a hot chicken and waffles. They've got a hot chicken buffalo pizza as well. They got a lot of cool stuff. I'm not a big eggplant parm guy. Also hard for me to really? say. Really? Not a big eggplant parm guy. Hard for me to say. But my wife loves it. Go get it out. Go get it at Jasper's. They got new menu items. Of course, all the other great stuff as well. So, uh, all right. We've got some recommendations and some commentary about the things going on in the state of Tennessee uh, after our conversation with Keith Parrish of the Fast Break Breakfast podcast and Grits and Grind covering your Memphis Grizzlies. Senior Memphis Nashville correspondent joining us here on the show. Keith, how are you, sir? What's going on, man? I'm great. How are you guys? 
we're doing all right. And so we're kind of all merging into the NBA playoffs here as we come off of things like the NCAA tournament and, and football. But like the Memphis Grizzlies are really, really good at basketball. Again, they continue to grow into uh, what is now the two seed in the Western Conference. Um, the NBA playoffs are starting very, very soon. So I just want everybody, we talked to you about this time last year, and I want you to kind of give a sense of for those that want to jump on board, get onto the bandwagon, enjoy the team and the ride into the postseason. Like, what is it that's different today that maybe people don't know about from last year and throughout the regular season? Well, I think this year you have a couple of improvements on some of the best players on the Grizzlies where Desmond Bain last year was a very, very good player. This year, he's much better. He's one of the fastest guys in NBA history to making 500 threes. He's now like a 20 point per game score. Very, very exciting. Then, of course, Jaron Jackson Jr., who has just recently once again become the betting favorite for defensive player of the year. Like last year, if you're watching the Grizzlies, you're like, hey, Jaron's really, really good. Desmond Bain's really, really good. Both those guys have taken leaps where now Jaron is like joining the ranks of Hakeem Olajuwon and David Robinson as guys who averaged over three blocks a game and a steal per game. And by the way, Jaron's also a three-point shooter. So Jaron and Desmond have become awesome players. You, Everyone already knows about John Morant. He's still one of the best players in the NBA. So it's just a, it's a very exciting young team. Again, they're still insanely young as far as the other good teams. So it's a, it's a great time. To get in, it's still it still feels like ground floor to me. If you're if you're in before they all turn like twenty four, I think you're good. And so, um, yeah, it, it, I think the development of Bain and Jaron is the biggest difference from this year to last year. Uh, Keith, catch us up on uh, there's there's two kind of important sort of like off the uh, off the court sort of things um, that I want people to have context for when they come into the come into the Grizzlies this year. The first is kind of like how the team uh, and the city sort of reacted to the the Tyree Nichols uh, shooting and, and the videos that were released and, and there, there was a lot out there publicly about uh, you know, about the team and and kind of there being kind kind of open advocates uh, there in Memphis and then the second thing is kind of the the job ja Morant uh, uh, gun stuff. And he was briefly suspended by the league and sort of kind of like, where does, where did that stand and kind of, and kind of, and how, how should people sort of kind of, kind of textualize all this? I mean, that's, it's tough for me to contextualize. I mean, I'm a Nashville and I live in Nashville. I don't ever want to speak for, for Memphis. Uh, sure, I'm, sure. A, I'm a Grizzlies fan uh, here in Nashville. I mean, as far as the Tyree Nichols stuff, it's not, I would say, in my opinion, it's not normal for the team to release statements that are in any way political. And I, I do feel like it was surprising that, that they went ahead and released a statement kind of condemning the actions. And cause you know, anytime like the police are involved, but this one was such an overt case of, I mean, just a horrible incident where like, I don't know. It, it I mean, wasn't cops are being tried for murder now. So, right. And it wasn't like a divisive political issue. There was no take you could make. Basically. There's no, other, there's no yeah. other side to this. Right. I mean, I guess technically there, there still are, but like, this was one where like, everyone's like, um, you know, what are we going to argue? Also, there was decisive and quick action from the city. Like, I mean, they fired the police officers involved. They put them like, you know, they arrested them, that they, they charged them, which, again, is abnormal for a lot of this uh, police violence type things. So because of that, it seemed like, again, from my outsider perspective, that it was um, 
like maybe the healing was easier and swifter in, in the city because you didn't ha- and you didn't have the civil unrest. You obviously had demonstrations as you should, but th- there luckily was no uh, associated violence because I think it, it seemed like in a rare instance, the people in charge and the police in charge took responsibility, acted quickly. And I think that helped the situation. Um, for John ja Morant, uh, I mean, that is just a totally different story. Ja did not commit a crime. Uh, ja did something um, irresponsible. And we still don't know like the full details. A lot of it was there's just multiple allegations. And then it boiled over, uh, boiled over with him flashing a weapon, uh, what appeared to be a, a weapon <laughs> on an Instagram live. And then he got suspended by the league. He took time away. And all of that, like deciphering what is spin from the PR, what is actually going on with Ja. I mean, I don't know. I don't have any personal knowledge and hardly anyone involved with the story has personal knowledge. So it has changed, I think, the way people view this Grizzlies team nationally, where it's no longer just this is a super fun, innocent story of a young team. Now it's like, hey, that's a the behavior from an outsider perspective doesn't feel totally above board. And we're not sure exactly what, what's been going on. So it's made being a fan a little bit more complex this year. And maybe they've turned from like upstart young team. Everyone loves to now like they're, they're not liked, but I mean, that was going to happen. I think anyways, anytime you win, it wears off for people. That, that was going to be my question is sort of the, the evolution of their persona, right? Their identity. And certainly there's a difference between like an actual conflict off the court or whatever. And just sort of, Dylan Brooks being Dylan Brooks, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like he, he's that there are villains on the football field on an, in hockey, in every sport, yeah. there are villains. Do you feel like this team would relish that role? Do you feel like they've evolved into it? Is that just an outward perception of, of how people are now viewing him? Because again, Dylan Brooks is kind of annoying to other teams and people don't right. like, it. but like, that's just sort of pretty natural in sports. How much of it is fair, I guess, versus unfair. If that makes sense. I think the Grizzlies have earned their stripes as far as maybe being disliked by some former teams this year. It's been weird where Dylan was always a, he's um, divisive among Grizzlies fans. And, you know, then he's the guy on the other team for opposing fans. You know, they don't like him this year. I don't know if it's just more national spotlight. They're putting the microphone in his face more. He's become even more outspoken. Like he's referred to as a dirty player a lot, but honestly, up until this year, there's not a whole lot as far as evidence that you could point to. He famously committed a, a flagrant foul where he injured Gary Payton two in the second round of the playoffs last year. Like that's sorry, that's a bad play. And that's an inexcusable. No one's arguing that Dylan did a good thing there. But before then, there's there's not like a collection. It's not like Grayson Allen, where you're like, here's the YouTube supercut of, of 12 <laughs> trips. Like there isn't there isn't this for Dylan Brooks. Now Dylan's had a few. He's, you know, he leads the NBA in technical fouls. He's had a few uh, groin shots to opposing players this year where it feels like it's increasing in frequency. And he keeps saying like, I mean, he, he says wild quotes, but that honestly, that's why I follow sports. I follow sports for a um, completely lack of self-awareness, a confident quote about saying how this is why I'm a better player than Draymond Green. It's like, really? Go on. And um, <laughs> like that, I, I enjoy that. But yeah, I think they have. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it mostly they've earned kind of the reputation as no longer as like this, like childlike, innocent fun. Now they're a little bit more. All right. You earned this, uh, this scorn from opposing fan bases. Does that help them in a conference that has lots of experience winning lots of basketball games deep into the postseason? Like, is there a negative effect inward? Is it 
do they relish that? Do you get the sense that they are? What do you think of that? I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't want to tie in like what happened to John Morant, where he's like, he cited that stresses and anxieties of like basketball in his career led to his behavior, but it did seem like he was having less fun than ever um, before this stuff happened. And a lot of that again is like, I'm just a dude on the internet. It's like, well, why do you keep saying things online that make people angry? Like before it happened where it's like, why? like right. they like trash talking and the team always likes trash talking. And if you call stuff out and if you go on ESPN and say stuff like, Oh, we're fine in the West, there's a natural blowback to that. And if you did not want that, well, then why did you do it type thing? And like, they, they've been speaking a lot. And now of course, John Martin is off of social media and I don't know, does it actually affect the play on the court? Hard to say. I think like Steven Adams being injured is way more important than them talking trash and being disliked as far as the actual results of the games. So yeah, I, I'm not I'm not totally certain what effect it'll have as far as their their impact on, on winning this postseason. Do you really think he's off social media? Do you think he's got a burner account where he's just sitting there looking looking at stuff and kind of well uh... he's not posting. So I, I don't yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I always like I I was curious where even if it used to be, if I didn't tag John Morant, he would still retweet stuff that I put out there on Twitter. And I'm like, is he working full time? Like, he has to have people working for him, like just yeah. Googling his name. Like he, this man is really searching deep. Um, so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> just, yeah, honestly, you're an NBA player. Hire somebody, uh, yeah. a professional yeah. communications person, a public relations person, put out some fun stuff, maybe some mild trash talk every now and then. I see no harm in that. Uh, my wife is a is a lur a social media lurker. She doesn't post yeah. on any platforms, but she reads yeah. everybody's everything. So it's just <laughs> she just she just lurks around in the in the yeah. internet. Um, so you guys had some killer watch parties last year for the yeah. playoff run. Unbelievable comeback against the T Wolves. Maybe the best series that Golden State faced the entire season last year. Um, they obviously are the two seed heading potentially probably going to be the two seed heading into the postseason this year. Um, not great that Golden State and the Lakers are playing better basketball at the, at the right time. That's not great for anybody. Um, That's not going to last. You got, <laughs> hey, just, just, hey, doubt the Warriors at your own peril. Um, but you guys are going to do a bunch of that stuff again. And I'm curious whether it's back-end metrics of the shows that you do, whether it's general social media engagement, um, that the play you guys had again, awesome watch parties last year. I went to a couple of them. Place was absolutely packed. People were standing on tables during the comebacks. It was a ton yeah. of fun yeah. at a bar that will remain unnamed because it's not Jasper's. But have you seen growth in Nashville with the interest in the team continuing to be one of the best teams in the league in the Western Conference? Well, I think one unit of measurement that I use is basically just gear. If I see Grizzlies gear on people, if I go to a Nashville soccer game or a Titans game or a Vandy game, like you see Grizzlies gear and that still kind of blows my mind because it used to be, I've, I've been a fan since they announced they were coming to Memphis in 2001 and you could go to Memphis in like the early aughts and you wouldn't see people wearing Grizzlies gear. And so now it's like the fact that we're in Nashville and people are wearing John Morant jerseys everywhere. And not just that, it's like Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. And I know Desmond Bain is doing a thing with like uh, TCU's having their 150th anniversary party in Nashville. There's a big mural here. Uh, Bain was signing autographs up in Hendersonville over the summer. Like there just is this impact where I see it, people wearing Grizzlies gear, which I still think is like, it's, it's great and it's awesome. And then we've done these watch parties for a while now. and. 
I mean, back when it was the grit and grind Grizzlies, Mike Conley, Zebo, Marcus All, we had people come out to watch parties. They were pretty popular, but nothing like what happened last year, where honestly, one of the first watch parties at the Unnamed Bar was um, like I knew of our crowd. We had a crowd like near this patio and inside. And I'm like, all right, like these 50 people are with us. We know who they are. Like they're they're doing these these giveaways. We're doing these drawings. But like I didn't understand until like the third quarter of the game that like wait a minute, the entire inside of this bar is also just all Grizzlies fans. And and the upstairs, also all Grizzlies fans. And I was like, wait, everyone here is a Grizzlies fan. And that blew my mind. And then, like, you had that specific series where the Grizzlies rallied from a double-digit fourth-quarter deficit three times in <laughs> one in, in that series. And every one, it's like, this bar in Nashville is packed. And it's people standing, cheering when the game's over, like everyone's chanting and doing grizzly stuff. And I'm like, this is, this is really cool. Like, it's really special that this is here in Nashville. So I'm hopeful we're going to do watch parties whenever they announce the playoff schedule. We'll be doing watch parties at the same spot. And I hope it's packed out again. Do you, do you, let's stick to the, just a content standpoint, because I agree with you. I see, I see it more everywhere too. Like we still don't hear a lot of grizzlies talk on sports talk radio, um, which is probably why we're all doing podcasts. Um, but, but like, do you sense it even in just sort of the, your inputs, your sports inputs, are you sensing more of it in, in Nashville or in the mid state or in the region? Just how has it evolved in terms of how it's being covered? That's yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think about my own metrics for my shows, for my NBA show, fast break breakfast and for my grizzly show grits and grinds, like John Morant is good for business. And he has been as far as like just the, the general popularity. I actually haven't looked at the breakdown to be like how many are from Davidson County and Williamson County. And, you know, I mean, I know there are definitely like, I can see little blips. It's familiar. I remember looking and seeing like, Hey, people in Chattanooga are listening and Murfreesboro are listening. And I don't know if that's maybe it's college students. Maybe it's just, again, it's a natural general interest of people following. But I do think like, I don't know how you guys feel, but like, I always thought that the NBA was pretty popular among like just a certain demographic, like myself included, like me and my friends in our twenties, we just liked the NBA. Like we always watched the NBA in Nashville. We didn't have a team. And then it was, Hey, we got the Grizzlies. And so I do think again, maybe the sport is growing. It feels like it is the way they've embraced YouTube and social media and Twitter and Instagram. And they're always like the most viewed sports uh sport on, on those platforms that yeah i i do think that maybe it's catching on and as far as national specifically um i think so but i guess i don't have any evidence uh to, to prove that was that was having a conversation with somebody uh the other day and about about just this thing that the, the nba playoffs are upon us and what it looks like to be some spectacular like early round matchups yeah uh i mean in both the eastern conference and the western conference uh but I, you know, I, both of we were both saying our plates are full. Like, <laughs> like, like, like I follow, I, I watch a lot of soccer, yeah. Um, but, but, uh, but I also watch a lot of college football and, and NFL. And I'm, I'm busy from Thursday to Sunday this weekend, boys. I'm just letting yeah. you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. like <laughs> hockey and, 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 and like now is the time when I tune in. And so, yeah. and, and so help me, help me think about like these, these Grizzlies, because when I think about the Grizzlies, and and you know last year kind of notwithstanding uh you know my my context is the is the grit and grind uh grizzlies is right. is, is is those teams and those were those were fun teams to watch um but was also kind of a what uh, compare the style of play between like those grizzlies and like and like <laughs> and, and like now and kind of like what am i what what are people in for uh when they when they when they tune in uh to these grizzlies 
I mean, it's <laughs> there's there's no comparison. It is this is the flashy sports car. This is more like the Lob City Clippers. This is this is the UNLV running Rebs from the early '90s. Like this is this is a team that is flashy and showy, and that leads into the brash and competent and trash talking. Like there, it's alley oops, it's dunks, it's playing at a fast pace. I believe they have the most twenty point wins over the last two seasons in the NBA. Like they they blow teams out constantly and it's been a, a, a strange uh, change from the days of like the Grizzlies win basketball games 92 to 87 um because we just bloodied and bruised our opponent and both teams shot under 38% from the field like that is not the Grizzlies anymore they are a good defensive team which is fun like, a, they're one that's of, a mid third quarter score now yeah yeah like they they were tied at 105 going into the fourth quarter recently uh like game last week so this they they are they are a good defensive team but they pay, they play at a fast pace and they get up and down the court now the problem is when it comes to the playoffs this might be a flaw of the roster building they are not an elite half court team and the game slows down in the NBA in the postseason usually so like it, it could be a uh, their specific style this year maybe is not built specifically for playoff success, but that's going to be the question. Like, are will it translate? Last year, you know, it, it they, they I mean they put up a great fight against the Warriors. They gave them the hardest series anyone faced, and you know, a couple of different breaks, a couple of different injuries. Maybe they win that game. Yeah. You know, there's like a universe where they win the title last year, but this year they've been addressing, they've been focusing. We got to be a better playoff team. So those questions get answered uh, in a couple of weeks when they actually start. When when I when I tune in when I tune in for these playoffs, yeah. Um, tell me who is who is going to be the who is going to be the person that I am that I just kind of fall in love with that that I, that that I, I mean because I know I know Ja I know, yeah. I know I've known his game since college. Uh, he's a spectacular player, but like when when I watch these games, who am I who am I just going to be like? Oh man. I, I I didn't know I was missing this. Well, what's so what, Steve? Who's your favorite? Do you have a favorite genre of player? Like like, <laughs> like give like, like give me your favorite. I, 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 we can go college basketball from at least the not last twenty years. Um, I mean, I knew it before then, but I mean, well, I mean what my, kind of like do you he, like a shooter? A, do you like he's a, a he's a he's a Belmont grad. He likes a point guard who averages nine points a game and nine assists a game and shoots like you know ninety eight percent from the free throw well, line. Look, well, look, so you like Luke Kennard then? Just there you like, go. Exactly. He looks exactly. like looks like he went to Belmont. Yeah. I like I like bombers. He's a pure I like bombers from the outside. I like uh, you know I like wings that get up and down the court. Uh, um, you know I, I'm I I like I like generally an up tempo game. Yeah. I you know well my first thought was just like I don't know how you can't love Jaron Jackson Jr. because the the rim protection and his shot blocks are all spectacular and then when you're cheering for the grizzlies you get these moments sometimes you're like they just can't guard him like the other big guy can't guard him on all like he's scoring on offense he's finally kind of gained control of his faculties he's committing fewer and fewer like dumb fouls offensive fouls he's now like finally learned like i'm super tall i'm super big and fast i can post a guy up i can dribble past most all these other bigs for layups for dunks i can also shoot and that for me that combination with the defense with being maybe the best defensive player in the nba that's really enticing for me but maybe you're a bane guy because i mean bane I, is just a non-stop shooter a 45 no. high volume 25 points a game guy i think he's a yeah. tyus i think he's a tyus jones guy no turnovers, okay. no turnovers lots no turnovers. of good, lots of good right. defense scrappy yeah. defense no turnovers 
Uh, maybe 0 for 6 from the floor. Um, uh, yeah, I, he was. I, yeah. That, that's a cavity. I might be. A, I might be a Bane guy just because I want to hear. I want to hear like Tom Hardy's voice like sitting yeah. in my back in the back of my head. The that's whole right. Time. Yeah. So Keith, let me ask you a couple of quick questions here. I know you're yeah. you're up against it with time here. Um, yeah. You mentioned full. You mentioned half court game. Game slows down in the in the playoffs. You mentioned yeah. Instagram clips and the most viewed sport on platforms and like they figured out. Yes, you know the NBA figured out how to market their product very very well, but they don't. People aren't sitting down to watch full games. Or, or do you get a sense that is it is there any evolution to that problem? Is there a fix in your mind as an NBA fan in general, not even Grizzlies? Is there a fix to or even a tipping point where people need to be watching full games? I mean, the NBA broadcast rights package is coming up pretty soon. Yeah. And it's going to be it's going to be a massive dollar figure that ESPN is probably going to pay for. What do you make of you know, like you said, 142 to 109 games on Tuesdays in December yeah. aren't aren't being watched? Yeah, I don't I don't know if the league considers it a concern that like their actual ratings for the games aren't that impressive or go down. I mean, I don't know exactly when they're pitching these these uh ad packages or they're or they're, they're negotiating their next TV deals like what is their formula for impressions on social media plus yep. these views on TV. And of course with the shifting landscape of just subscription packages and sp subscription models and is Bally Sports going under and who's going to own the local rights? I I don't know. And I do think there's there's ways they could improve the game and the way it's viewed, which I think would be like a overhaul of scheduling, the way they do the scheduling. Like I think it would make way more sense to have like more strict um, game days, match days, like honestly, like, yep. like soccer, where if you did have every team plays basically Wednesday and Friday, you know, and then maybe Sunday or Monday, like you could still have one game on Tuesday, one game on Thursday. But I also think they need to stop dodging other sports. Like it's yeah. really weird where they have these ABC nationally televised games, but those stopped like three weeks ago. And it's like, why are you worried about Major League Baseball opening day? Why are you worried about? college basketball tournaments like just show your product stop ducking people stop having the uh the all-star game the first sunday without the nfl they put the all-star game on and it's an awful product it's a terrible product yeah, and bad. it's like why aren't you showcasing your actual basketball like why are you so i think like i know in podcasting i found that that hyper focusing on my specific thing works where like you can't be broad like you guys cover Nashville and Arctic Tennessee sports. And like that, you, you get your audience. I cover the Grizzlies. I get my audience where it's like, I think your, your NBA fans are going to come. You have to stop thinking about it. Like, right. Oh, uh, there's Thursday night football. Guess we can't be on TNT on Thursday nights. Like, no, it, it's confusing. Like I'm a hardcore massive consumer of basketball. And when I turn the TV on, on Thursday, I'm like, what, where's the NBA? Yeah. Oh, it's on, it's on NBA TV tonight. Like, why don't they just have like you got? I feel like you got to build these consistent habits. Stop ducking the other sports. Just go up against them because, like the 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 NBA used to have Christmas. And the NFL's like, guess what? We're doing Christmas now. <laughs> like, no one else is going to help you out. No one is honoring yeah. your like. Hey, I I I got I got uh, I got dibs on this day. Like, no other sport <laughs> is doing that. No, like, just I, do your show, do your product, present it in the best way possible. I mean, maybe overhaul overhaul the foul rules. That's I feel like a turn there, off, there but go. I don't I don't think that I don't think that's keeping people from watching that much. Um, I, I, yeah. I think a regular schedule in the postseason helps as well, but that's not the yeah. problem. Like I still watch postseason games no matter yeah. what. I just don't like having to guess. Like, is it a two day break? Is it a three day break? No, it should just be mm -hmm. every other night. 
like the NHL, you just give it, give me into a routine. So I know, all right, Eastern yeah. conference, then Western conference, then Eastern conference, then Western conference. Like just give me into the routine. Um, you mentioned the Desmond Bain thing here in, in town doing the whole uh, alumni thing. D- is the team doing more outreach in middle Tennessee? Do you feel like to, 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 to build that interest and to, to actually connect with the players? Well, I, um, I know they are. I mean, obviously, I, I work with them, and that's like a, a big part of our watch parties. Like the, the Grizzlies, the team wants to connect with people in Nashville. They advertise in Nashville. Like they send us a bunch of really great prizes to give away at these watch parties. Like they recognize they want the viewers in Nashville to be engaged. They want players to come every year. They do a Grizzlies caravan. Um, a lot of times, the last few years, they've been in like the Sounds game where a player will come and hang out and sign autographs. I mean, John Morant was here at a Sounds game three years ago, just signing autographs if you want to come meet John Morant. Um, they had uh, David Roddy last year and Xavier Tillman. So like they are reaching out that they reach out to Little Rock. They go to Birmingham. Like they have they're geographically you're in this spot where there's not NBA teams. You know, right. we had Atlanta and Memphis close to us and where Memphis is, there's no NBA teams that close. So they do want to increase their footprint and they definitely want Nashville people uh, to hop on board and, and become Grizz fans. So Keith, who are you, Keith, who, who are you reading? Uh, when when you're when you're keeping up with the Grizzlies every day, like who who's who's doing just a who's who's your favorite? I am kind of I I get my coverage. It's weird because like I do basically I do a show after every Grizzlies game, and I like do it so much myself where I'm re- I'm just getting the stats. I'm doing my thing. Like I don't know like. I like I consider what I'm doing to be what other people are reading and covering. Like I'm basically a beat reporter for the Grizzlies. I do really enjoy the Daily Memphians coverage. Chris Harrington's a good buddy of mine. He covers the Grizzlies. It does a great job doing it. Of course, I got to say Grind City Media, which I'm affiliated with. You know, they're they have a bunch of Grizzlies coverage. But um, I, I do think it's weird where the national publications don't honestly cover the Grizz. Like the Athletic doesn't. They don't have a Grizzlies writer, and so I think a lot of Grizzlies fans have just gotten into following the podcast, and like that is. That's kind of what I do where um, just, uh, you know, like I find the podcast I like. I do enjoy like the Daily Memphis coverage. It's very in-depth. I, I, but I mean, honestly, uh, is it is it wrong? I look in the mirror. Is yeah, I, just, I was going to uh, say. I, I was going to. I, I gonna... study the thing. I come up with my own thing. I say it. And then honestly, that's all the grizz I need for that day. Uh, yeah. You, you, trust your trust your eyes. Trust I trust your eyes. my eyes. Trust um, your eyes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, on that note, and we'll let you go on this. But like, yeah. So you're. We know that the NBA, and we're talking about sort of the the growth of the the Grizzlies, sort of nationally yeah. as a fun team, a fun product. But nationally, do you feel like the coverage? You just mentioned it. Like we know that 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 TV partners are going to want LeBron versus Curry or whatever. Like p- pick the big brand name. Do you feel like the perception of Ja Morant and how entertaining he is, and how entertaining the Grizzlies product is on the court itself? Do you think that has risen? at all over the course of the last year and a half in terms of the the national beat sort of saying, look, this is a product we need to cover because young people care about it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think the league specifically chose the Grizzlies. Like, John Moran is super popular. And you cite, again, this is where you go back to the TikTok and the Instagram and YouTube. Like, this is what people are watching. And honestly, I think that was a big impact on the punishment for John Moran. Like, I think it's a very interesting question to be like, what would have happened if this happened to... A 12th guy on a roster and not someone they've picked as like one of the new faces of, of the NBA. So, um, yeah, I think they have focused on the Grizzlies being a popular team. They're pushing them. They're getting out there. They have lots of national nationally televised games this year. I, th- I want to say I can't remember the exact stat, but they I think they had more. They had more ABC, ESPN and TNT games this year than they did the entire like 
seven-year playoff run of, of grit and grind basketball. <laughs> like those, they were never on TV back then. No one could, they could care less. Like, we don't care if you win 55 games. No one wants to watch you. But now they're saying he's, John Morant is a superstar. The national coverage on ESPN and TNT. I mean, they, it's all talking head stuff where it's just like, let's come up with a new argument and let's argue about it. And I guess it's tailor made for that. And so the Grizzlies get a lot of coverage. And um, it's been, again, it's been a change for Grizzlies fans to be like, they're talking about us on ESPN again. Like, yeah, it's so pretty fun. I don't do many shows for ESPN, but every time I do, I try to talk about my Grizzlies. Uh, and yes. If that's, if that's me riding coattails, if that's me jumping on the bandwagon, I am fine to it. I'm fine to admit that. So yeah. um, obviously, Keith, thank you so much for your time, man. We really do appreciate it. And the watch parties are truly epic. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll tell everybody in the show notes where they can find it. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, dude. We do appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, guys. Lamestream Sports is brought to you by who, Steve Cavendish? Jaspers. Always brought to you by the fine folks at Jaspers. So I got. I, I, I'm very grateful for Keith coming on the show. He's a great dude. Love his pods. Does great work. I had a blast at his watch parties watching the Grizz last year. I went to a bunch of them, all of them. However, however, they're not I, being I, they're not being hosted at Jaspers, and it's very I, upsetting. How was the food? Terrible. Okay, really? Okay. So, okay. I love you, Keith, if you're listening to this. <laughs> because the watch party is actually truly spectacular. Like, genuinely. Yeah. Even everyone at Jasper's would have to acknowledge how good the watch parties have been. For, for and Keith puts on a... Dude, they were giving away tickets to a Grizzlies playoff game at the watch party. Like, wow. they have good giveaways. It is a it's a great watch party. It wasn't it wasn't the game that you were, you were there to watch at the at the place that shall be not be named, right? No, no, no. It's uh, tickets because to that the would game be, in Memphis. Because that would be a that would be a really shitty gift. No. Here's <laughs> <laughs> two tickets to the free watch party. <laughs> no, like their prizes and 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 Keith talked about it, like the prizes are great. Um and the watch the atmosphere and really what I'm really what I'm complimenting here is not the venue or the location, go to Jasper's. It is the growth of the fans that, that are enjoying Memphis Grizzlies basketball. It is the people that are making it a great party, not the location, and certainly not the food. Go to Jasper's. But Keith puts on a great show. They were they were super fun. I can't wait to go back to to watch games again this, this year. And if it's a little too crowded at the watch party, make sure you go to Jasper's, where they're going to have a giant big screen going and all kinds of free parking and new menu items. Could you get barbecue salmon could you could you swing by jaspers and get a little takeout <laughs> and maybe take that to the watch party dude that would be i would ask i would one million if it, percent if anybody do that. if anybody does that if anybody does that let, let us know here's the we deal would... if you have jaspers delivered to this location while i am there i will pay for it how about that? <laughs> and you know what? You'll have an extraordinary experience. <laughs> it's the best of both worlds. You'll, You'll have get great the best food, food. And a great time. <laughs> yes. But really, honestly, we joke. But like, this is actually why you go to Jasper's to watch games because the food is, and this is not a joke, so much better than any other place you're going to watch sports. It just it's is. What, it's what it you expect is. from the next evolution of the sports bar. It is. It is. New menu items, constantly evolving, free parking, great great game room and they will deliver <laughs> their food directly to another establishment <laughs> go, go to Jasper's. Jasper's
That was Keith Parrish, of course, host of a couple of great podcasts. If you like NBA basketball, if you like the Grizzlies, you need to check out Grits and Grind, of course, and then Fast Break Breakfast, his two podcasts, uh, Nashville. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I still had to slow down and do it. It's like bulging disc. You have to slow down. <laughs> you have to slow down when you say bulging disc on the air. Um, no, thanks. Thanks to Keith, man. I, I think he's a, a really fun. He has sort of all the things you need to do a great podcast about a product. There's not a lot of people talking about it. He has a great personality. He loves the, the, the game itself, loves the team itself, and is willing to put in the work. You put that recipe together and you can build a community of people that really care about something. And the watch parties are fantastic, well, even if and, they and are at a, a rival competitor bar. Go to Jasper's. I, 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 go to Jasper's. I, I, think, I, I think it's really interesting um, when you see the, the sort of the manifestation of community outside of the original medium. Those watch parties, uh, those those watch parties growing and growing and growing. I mean, some of that was would have been, you know, just kind of ambient Memphis fans up here, or Grizzlies fans up here. But but the way that they have they have built that thing is, and, and uh, built it outside of you know the podcast is is pretty impressive. Yep. It's just it's really interesting. And, and I bought uh, I bought two Memphis Grizzlies T shirts at a watch party last year because I saw somebody wearing. The it's an old M, it's an NBA jam with Ja Morant and Jaron Jackson on it as a t-shirt. It's one of my favorite t-shirts. I get so many compliments on it, and I stole the idea directly off an, a guy at the watch party. Um, so <laughs> so to, but to Keith's point, which is fairly anecdotal, but like noticing gear everywhere, I see Nashville SC gear everywhere. Uh, the Preds gear popped up out of nowhere in 2017. Like to, all of a sudden, there's a little bit more orange in the city this past year, Steve. I don't know what happened, but like it's the, the Grizzlies are yeah, winning. Fun. Does that? Yeah, I do think it is. And, and we're going to get to some some women's basketball conversation here about TV ratings, because that's uh, that is one of the biggest and should be the biggest story coming out of March in college athletics is the women's viewership. So we'll get to that in a second. But um, I, I do think it, it is interesting that the phrase he used there, you know, cheering for John Morant has it's become a little bit more complex. I think that's the right way to, to look at it. It doesn't mean you can't appreciate his greatness. Human beings are flawed. You should hold people that you root for accountable to your own standards. And it doesn't mean there isn't something that needs to happen here, but it does make it um, it does make it a little bit more complex. I do think that the that the city of Memphis and the fans of Memphis, I th I think in the team relish the opportunity to be a little bit of a villain when it comes to Steph Curry and the Warriors or LeBron and the Lakers and like these shiny brand images of these Western Conference teams. Memphis kind of goes complete 180 to that, and I think it's I think it's a it's going to make for a fun tournament if in the in the NBA playoffs if the Grizzlies can play in half court games. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, th th that's that that's definitely one of the questions. the The other thing too is that I think that uh, I think over the long term, and and you know Keith mentioned that these are no long that this might not be like the kind of like the the fuzzy uh, in this team great kind of kind of reputation nationally i think long term uh kind of like the heel turn uh is great for them i, I mean as, as long as it doesn't come along with like actual off the court problems <laughs> or or you know like melees in the stands yeah 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 we don't want that yeah we don't we, we don't want that but no, i mean no, no uh meta world peace uh down but there i mean, but, I mean hey, but but the i mean the detroit pistons the detroit pistons are still living off that legacy 
uh, here, you know, 30 years later. It, it's it, yeah. there, there's a way to there's a way to do this and sort of embrace, uh, you know, embrace being hated by the rest of the league uh, and, and kind of use it to your own advantage and to grow your audience, you know, almost exponentially. Speaking of embracing the hate to grow your audience exponentially and feel yourself to a championship, Angel Reese of LSU, congratulations to the women Tigers, the Bayou Bayou Barbie and the Bayou Bengals, of course, getting the national championship win over Caitlin Clark in Iowa. And my biggest, so like, we're going to lead with what we think should be the biggest story coming out of the women's NCAA tournament. And frankly, overlaid against the men's NCAA tournament, which, which, which was one of the more eh, men's tournaments I can remember. I, I, I disagree 100% with that, but that's oh, okay. Right. Okay. Well, we can, we, that's fine. I, the upsets were great. I just didn't think there were a lot of close basketball games. The champion never played in a close game, all six games. They won by double digits. They were clearly I mean, the most dominant, UConn, but there were not a lot of great basketball games in that tournament. We can debate that in just a second if you want to, but I think the big story, uh, 14.7 million viewers for the men's national championship game, which was down significantly from the year before on Monday night, San Diego State and UConn, which actually did have a nice little chunk of time in there where they cut it to like six or seven points in the second half, but largely it was a a blowout. Um, That number, think about that number relative to the women's national championship game, which was an interesting time slot, 3.30 Eastern time, 2.30 God's time on Sunday, which normally is a pretty good time slot, but I thought was sounded weird for the national championship game. Turns out 9.9 million people watched that national championship game, the highest rated women's NCAA basketball final by almost double. 5.7 million was the previous record. 9.9 million people watched that game. And I would argue, despite all of the old white men tweeting terrible things onto the internet because they're they're just they just can't handle watching women with personality on a basketball court. Um, the reason that number was 9.9 million was because of the personalities was because of Caitlin Clark and all the shit talking she did throughout the course of the tournament and, and, and sort of LSU's, you know, whole entire vibe and feel was that's it. That is what drew in ratings. And when you think about what Keith was just talking about with the NBA and how basketball is consumed by a younger audience consumed in clips, consumed on social media, uh, it is, it, Part of the reason it was so successful was because of all the personalities. So don't listen to old people yelling at clouds on the internet. You know, uh, when your first take of the year on uh, on women's college basketball <laughs> is is that you're outraged over something that happened in, in a game that you probably weren't going to watch anyway, <laughs> I think that's an indication that you should just shut the fuck up. Especially when you when your website and company spent the better part of a month degrading the entire tournament. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I have no, I have no time for, <laughs> I have no time for people no. who like who like tune in for a moment of outrage and then quickly pivot to something else to be outraged about. I mean, also, I- also. You're not allowed to watch Taylor Lewan or Larry Bird or Michael Jordan or touchdown celebrations or bat flips or turnover celebrations in the NFL. You're not allowed to watch any of that. You, you can't do hand signals at college football games. You can't do the gator chomp. You can't do horns, hook them horns. You're not allowed to do anything. If you think all that can't stuff do that horns happened, down. well, that, that see that you should be allowed to do. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the biggest crock of shit I've ever seen. You should not be allowed to stand over an injured player in any sport and and yell at them. That is that is the line that I draw personally. Otherwise, it's a sport. Have fun. Like who cares? Um, yeah, I, I think. Well, the most- and, and they are clearly having fun. And and Caitlin Clark applauded 
LSU and Angel Reese and and yes, yes. I mean I, that that's the that's the thing is is like she she saw it for what it was. You and, cannot and, be more offended than the victim. Exactly. You cannot be more offended than the victim. You're not allowed. It is not your place to put your grievance onto someone else who doesn't give a shit about what you have to say. He's 100% correct. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what, what, but again, what the story should be is how successful women's sports is becoming and how interested we are as a country in women's sports. It is a great thing. So, women's softball last year, the Softball College World Series had higher TV ratings than the Men's College World Series. This is not I, a I, new this is not a new thing. It's not a trend. This women's sports have arrived. What what do you think dominates the Olympics? Yeah. Uh the I, I saw somebody making a case for this and I, and I think it's absolutely true is that they're going to have to shift this they're going to have to shift this final four to uh to ABC. Uh the, 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 there's a the, there is a bigger potential audience there. Mm -hmm. Uh and and particularly if you know, I loved the men's tournament this year. I absolutely loved it. It was so much fun. Um, the upsets are the thing. Uh, but but what happens in what inevitably happens when you have uh, a series of upsets is that you are left with a lack of storylines when you get to the final four because you're because you're having to right. you're having to learn about all these teams uh, here from the beginning as opposed to having followed somebody for months. Or following big powers or whatever else, you're inevitably going to get a smaller audience. It's going to be a more interesting audience, and it's going to be more. They're more interesting games. I, you know, I wish San Diego State had had played had played a closer game against UConn. But man, the, the fact of the matter is that that UConn team just rolled everybody. They, they I mean, were the, a, they were they were that's clearly, a great team. They were clearly the best basketball team in the tournament by a mile, and they were the most deserving champion by a mile and oh by the way dan hurley 50 year old dan hurley now has as many championships as john calipari just want to point that out um <laughs> but but i love the fact that uh, i i love the fact that no number one seeds are getting to the getting yeah, to the final great. i mean that it, that is the that is that to me is is the the sign of the competitiveness that's in college basketball right now um well it, well it's a, it is it it way more than any other sport is now a and this is we can probably spend probably some time in the offseason to, to have a, a longer conversation about this. But the idea of getting to know your favorite college basketball team over a course of two or three years, that ain't happening ever again. Like no. por portal transfers, NIL, and like we can all complain about the positives and the negatives. We know all the angles of these stories, in particular college football. But in college basketball, like like Dusty May and FAU, they, they were being poached during the tournament. People were trying to get their players to transfer during the tournament to go play next year somewhere else. Um, so it's just, that is a thing that I think we have to sort of let go of because I do believe like there's one player, I can't remember who it was for San Diego state. who's like the winningest player in San Diego state history. And he's like a really, he's a, he's a veteran. He's a senior. He's been there three or four years. He's from like Baltimore. And now he lives in San like that dude never has to leave San Diego the rest of his life. And he could yeah. make, a, he can make a new life for himself. And that's hard to do when you're transferring two or three times. Um, but I think that story is still a valuable story. It's just, it's just harder to get to know these teams in college basketball. Um, I parachute in in March now because I don't have to cover the product as much anymore. Um, but but getting back to women's sports, I, I think I, the women's game, like the, the way it is, it, I don't know what the right word is. It's not, it's not a trend. It's not, it's coming soon. It is SEC and television partners have to make decisions today to maximize 
the the sport because it is now an asset. Women's softball, women's basketball is a sellable asset to well, television. Women's parties. volleyball is a sellable asset. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, are, are these are, are these the 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 monster numbers of old? No, but accumulating audiences and being able to stack them together. Uh, is is kind of like is going to be what the strategy is going to be going forward for for a lot of these networks. Yep, and and I wonder, the NBA is so has gotten so popular, but not like full regular season games, just like in general amongst young people. And I'm curious because again, even in the men's game, we saw record breaking interest in the sport, even in the regular season. And it's, some of that's because as soon as the Super Bowl happens, we're all like, well, what do we do now? <laughs> and then and so we go to college basketball on Mondays and nights and Tuesday nights and Thursday nights and, and whatever and Saturday afternoons at 11 o'clock or whatever. Um, I, I'm just I'm curious what regular season games look like. Growth looks like moving forward for both men and women in college basketball. I, I, I think a younger audience is going to clearly be attracted to that um, and clearly attracted to. Um, the personalities that the women game, the women's game brought to the tournament this year when, when you have two just extraordinary talents. And by the way, uh, Angel Reese is not only just a national championship basketball player. She's like one of the best business people in all of sports right now and is one million percent a role model for both of my daughters. So I don't have any problem saying that whatsoever. Um, here's what I will say. I am curious about this. Both teams being invited to the White House. How do you feel about that? Because I here's the one. I don't like it. My first take is no, no other men's team losing in a championship game would ever be invited to the White House. You invite the champions. But no, but here I agree with you. So I'm going to make sure I'm clear on this. No losing team for any men's league or sport would ever be invited to the White House. No men's basketball team has ever had to deal with what women's sports have had to deal with over the last hundred years. So I, I'm not suggesting that they should go or that Iowa should go or that the president should invite Iowa. But I do understand the celebration of the moment that women's basketball had this weekend. Does that make sense? I, this is a, we wouldn't be talking about this if if this if they weren't holding the first caucus of the year in the state. <laughs> I mean, no, that's not true for the Democrats. That's going to be down in uh, the, down yeah, in South Carolina. Right. I mean, I, I, we would not. Iowa, Iowa has a Iowa has a disproportionate. <laughs> impact in our in, in our, you in think our life jill biden, you should be able you to think to, jill biden was was inviting caitlin clark so that she could help manipulate the republican iowa caucus in 20 we should be able to forget about <laughs> iowa more easily than this that is that, such that is such a deep take <laughs> that is awesome <laughs> i just think she was like look at all these women doing awesome stuff y'all want to come party like i think that's what that's what she was saying <laughs> oh my god dude the layers of that of that take from you that's maybe your best take ever on the show you're welcome um that's possibly the best also by the way shout out to iowa caucus goers who in 12 degrees actually go out and know more about politics than 90 percent of you listening to this show so don't be don't be looking down on the iowa caucus folks okay whatever yeah. whatever you're, that that is scorching. That is as scorching yeah. a pipe. I, I, I hate the Iowa caucuses. I think I, I think it, I think it is a terrible, flawed process. But anyway, well, if New Hampshire didn't have all those stupid rules about being a first vote, you know, they could they could do a regular vote. I it's actually a better process. It's just a little monochromatic for my taste. Anyway, um, okay, now we're really off topic. Uh, do you have any rec <laughs> do you have any, <laughs> do you have any recommendations for the good fine folks before we uh, send you on your merry way this weekend? Uh, so I have uh, I have a recommendation and I, and I want to take a recommendation back. Oh uh, my! 
Wait, wait, oh, wow. rescinding a recommendation? I'm going to rescind a recommendation. First time ever in pot history. I like it. Yeah. Um, I may be out on Lucky Hank. I was so excited by the first episode. <laughs> I was never in. Um, uh, man, it, it, it's like it's like it's like four episodes in now, and Ooh, I took just, a turn. It's, it's it's just lost. Like okay. it doesn't know what it wants to be. So you told everybody what... to go watch Lucky Hank after watching one episode because you were all in, and now you're quite disappointed. And now and now I'm disappointed. Mm, oh well, okay. I guess I guess I guess you're... what the, the lesson here is: watch more of the series. You're a regular uh, Dave Portnoy. <laughs> Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Fair Fuck enough. you. Fair enough. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, um, no, there, there's a so we're recording this on Thursday. There's a there's an absolutely blockbuster uh, uh, investigation that's out from ProPublica this morning called Clarence Thomas and the Billionaire, looking at uh, looking at ties between uh, Thomas and a prominent GOP donor and kind of gifts and and other things that have been accepted by Thomas over the years, trips uh, that are outside the bounds of virtually any ethics laws. Um, that is just a pretty amazing piece of reporting. Uh, you know, whatever your whatever your politics are on it, you should go read this just for the just for the reporting. And and kind of the the painstaking way that it was done, it was it's it's a pretty amazing report. I I'm just so frustrated with the Democrats' desire to politicize the Supreme Court, Steve. Yes. <laughs> if you get that, thank you for listening to our show. Um, <laughs> and we love you. Please rate, review, subscribe, and go tell one random person that Clarence Thomas is an asshole. Anyway, um, okay. Uh, I got a I got one quick recommendation for you. Uh, just because it's a little bit more on the the women's sports and sort of the arrival. It's a pretty well known podcast. John Olrand and Andrew Marchand do a really good sports business podcast from the Sports Business Journal. Of course, it's called I believe the Olrand and Marchand podcast. Um, it is worth listening to. Um, the Mar excuse me, the Marchand and Olrand podcast. Andrew gets to go first on the title on the masthead. So go check that out. Uh, it's a really good episode. This last, this last episode was all about Jim Nance and his final um, calling of the of the tournament and, of course, getting to fly Jim Nance week down to Augusta and do the best week of broadcasting in the history of humankind. Nashville yeah. resident Jim Nance. Yeah, except for except for his par three courses in, in his backyard is out at Pebble. You know, he's got the house at Pebble as well. So uh, he he has multiple houses. Around yes, he the, does. Yeah. yes, he does. And doesn't like that. We know he has a house in Nashville and how much it costs, which which which, by the way, I, I mean, I, I know it's because ESPN has uh, has part of the Masters, but ESPN's uh, hyping of the uh, of the back to back uh, hole in ones at the. Uh, on the on the par three tournament was fantastic i i can't wait i've been to the practice round i've never gone to a par three i want to go to a par three badly after watching all that stuff uh on tv across the board that's all i'm doing all weekend is sitting in front of the television watching uh golf there's no question about that um there's actually a really interesting piece in the athletic about how like <laughs> all these guys with these weird logos from the live tour have been allowed to play in this tournament. So there's another recommendation for you, but go check out the, uh, the Marshan and Uran podcast. Oh. Uh, it'll tell you all about, um, you know, uh, the NCAA women's NCAA tournament, and the ratings and the rankings and everything like that. So go check that out. Uh, which, which reminds me of one other thing. Let me, let me, let me recommend this too. more um, recommendations. Okay. More recommendations. Uh, there's a fourth piece, one. There's a piece in the athletic, uh, uh, this week, uh, called, how Ted Lasso's creators fell for Selhurst Park, 
the real ramshackle Nelson Road. Um, Selhurst Park is where Crystal Palace plays in the in the Premier League. Uh, I, uh, one of my best friends, uh, his son is a, inexplicably a Crystal Palace fan. They were on spring break trip. They went to London. He, the, the whole family went to London. Went to a Palace game. Saw a ninety third minute winner uh, in in front of it, and, and said the atmosphere was just absolutely fantastic. But but the, but they were talking. But he was talking about how surreal it was to see to be sitting in the stands and watching a game there, having seen the having seen the stadium so much in Ted Lasso, uh, <laughs> and the 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 athletic piece kind of kind of deals with that. Like like what were they looking for when for for an yeah. AFC Richmond stadium? It's it's a fantastic piece. Oh, well, cool. well worth uh, well worth checking out. What was there? I have not I've not called all the way up, and I know we got to go here. But was there some uh, like? Was that were the latest few episodes? Did they involve Grant Wall at all? Did I, I think I saw some people tweeting about that, but uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. But I thought I saw. I have not. Um, I have not seen the. Uh, I've not seen the the newest okay. episode. We're saving. We're we've been saving them for the weekend. Yeah, we do the same thing, and I I want to say it was his Grant's um, uh, wife that was tweeting about how you know thank you so much for this episode. We really needed it, so I'm really excited to see what it is. Uh, hopefully that's hopefully that's what I saw on Twitter. You never know. Um, the article that I was talking about in the Athletic about the Masters, Jeff Schultz wrote this: Masters allowing 9/11 sports washing to continue by taking live golfers, not for the faint of heart. So make sure you go check that out as well as you enjoy um, <laughs> what is arguably the greatest sporting event in our history of our country, and also the one that is maybe the most misogynist and racist as well. <laughs> you know. So. So I don't think that. the Masters guys care. No, I don't think they do. I don't think, I don't they, think do. they do. And you know what? I can separate the uh, I can separate the the azaleas from the from the artists. So I'm fine with that. <laughs> uh, everybody, go to Jasper's. Of course, it's a great place to go watch games. Great place to watch Masters. Great place to watch basketball, NBA playoffs. Uh, great place to watch. Uh, could be Preds playoff games over this last final week. This is basically your playoffs. So go watch them. Uh, you got the draft coming up. Uh, make sure you check out all the other great shows, of course, from the 440 Sports Network. And sign up for great journalism sent right to your inbox, NashvilleBanner.com from Steve Cavendish and company. Otherwise, have a great weekend, everybody. My name is Braden Gall. He's Steve Cavendish. Thanks for listening. This has been Lame Street Sports here on the 440 Sports Network.